Praise God. You know, in this search for trying to get out of this, this pandemic, all of that, these things that we've been dealing with over this past year and businesses shut down and some of them still not fully opened up. And, you know, sometimes I just want to go and sit down in Chick-fil-A and have a nice lunch. And we still can't do that. There's still some things that the pandemic is is caused to, to not fully open back up, but uh, throughout this, we've been searching, they've been searching for a cure, right? It's been, it's been a year of searching for a cure, searching for a remedy, a vaccine, uh, some kind of a remedy for this disease. You know, all the while, there's a greater disease for which we all need a cure, There's a disease of sin that has worked its way throughout the ages from individual to individual. And in fact, we were all born in sin. We were all, we were all born with this sin, needing a cure for the sin that we were born into. There is, I am so thankful today to know that on this Easter Sunday, that you don't have to log on to some government website to schedule this remedy. You don't even have to log on to our church website to schedule this remedy. You can receive this remedy today. I know that maybe you came here today and and you didn't uh, plan on feeling maybe the way that you felt as God has moved in this service or, or maybe you just, just wanted to come and, and just watch and, and just see what all is going on and you know just say Lord I want to just come and pay my respects to you and just gather together but I believe that you're here for a reason today and that if we could have a remedy if you could have a remedy that would cure your sin problem See, we, and this is, I'm not trying to point anybody out. All of us here today, we all have a sin problem. Every one of us today has a sin problem that needs cured. And if you're gathered here today and you have an opportunity to have that remedy, I want to invite you today. Today, we can have this taken care of. Today, we can, we can let this remedy take its course. And you don't have to pay for it. It's free. This remedy is free. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. Come on, this has been tested on everybody. And it works. This remedy works today. You don't have to worry about whether or not it's 60% effective, 93% effective, 97%, whatever. Come on, whatever effectiveness it has. Come on, when God tested this against the disease, it turned out to be 100% effective 100% of the time. See, the only remedy that you will ever need to have against the disease of sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the only remedy that you ever need to have. The blood of Jesus Christ. In fact, I want to go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, we're just going to read two verses here, beginning in verse 24. It says that, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding 
of his blood. That he shed his blood as a sacrifice for me. That his, he laid his body down as a sacrifice of atonement so that I could have my sins forgiven. So that I could be redeemed. So that it was by Jesus Christ. Come on, that he said, let me give you the remedy today. Let me give you the remedy today. I will lay down my life for you. We talked about it in our first class this morning. First uh, first Bible study this morning, if you were in here, about why we needed that. That there needed to be an offering that would be offered upon heaven's altar. And Jesus Christ already gave that. He, come on, He has a remedy for you today. So I want to just bring you back just a moment, back to the beginning. In the opening chapters of the Word of God, we are, we're told about the origins of everything. We're told about, you know, how our world was formed, how the animals came to be, how, how our human family came into existence. If you read back in the first chapters of Genesis, we see all of this, and it's all exciting as we see what God did. And we look around today, and we can still see the handiwork of God. Amen? God is amazing. I, it's just beautiful to see come on, the, the landscape of what God was able to paint for us. Amen? God has done some amazing things. It's very inspiring. But there's also, when we go back to the beginning, something very tragic that happens. You probably already know the story of Adam and Eve and how they were in the garden. How everything was perfect. They had this perfect relationship with God. Everything one was set. And, and everything was available to them when they were in the garden except for one thing. God said, there's one tree right in the middle of the garden. I don't want you to eat from the fruit of that tree. You can have anything. You can, you can go. You can do anything except there's one thing that's off limits. And what, wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know that that old, cunning, lying deceiver who came in the form and disguised himself as a serpent, and he came to Eve, and he began speaking to her and twisting the word of God and saying, oh, did God really say that you can't have that? And she goes and she grabs that fruit. And she takes a bite of that fruit, the very thing that God said. There's one thing that I don't want you to do, and that is to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she takes that bite. And that bite would change the lot of human history forever. That bite brought sin into the world. That bite put division between the human race and its creator. See, Adam and Eve, they were kicked out of the garden. They, they no longer had access to that paradise that God had originally created for them. But it goes much deeper than that because on that same day that they were expelled from the garden, they experienced the effects of what sin does. See, God, God though he was not caught off guard, he wasn't caught off guard by that because on that very day that they had sin enter into the world, it says that God already had a remedy in place. God already had a remedy in place. He says, yes, sin entered into the world, but I already have something that's coming down the line. And a remedy is in place to take care of this sin problem that was just introduced. We see in Genesis chapter 3. Verse 15, it says, I will put enmity 
between thee and the woman. This is God speaking to the devil. He says, I'm going to make you an enemy with the woman. Between your seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, thou shalt bruise his heel. The crippling disease of sin entered into the world. And it severed this perfect relationship with God and man. But God said, yeah, devil, you're going to win some battles every now and then. Well, anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever been there where, where you're in a battle with, with your flesh or there's, a, well, there's something going on and the, and the devil, he wins a battle every once in a while. But there is, come on, now there's one battle that he will never win. And that is the fact that Jesus Christ would come and he would crush the head of Satan. That sin's remedy, that Jesus Christ would give up his life. He would die on a cross for our sins and he would become the remedy that would ultimately crush the very plans that Satan had tried to cause Come on, when he, when he allowed sin to enter into this world. So we began to see this play out. This whole story of, of how sin uh, uh, takes effect in this world. We see this play out just, just with the first humans who are here on earth. And we, see, we look around today and we, we're like, and it is so chaotic. Right? You, you look in the news today and it... You just, you just see chaos all, all around us. There's, there's, you can't go through the news. You can't go through one day without seeing the effects of sin. You can't, you can't just look, you can't look outside and just see the effects of sin. Come on, there's, there's chaos all around us because sin was introduced into this world. And we see it from the very beginning. You have Adam and Eve. They had two sons. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. They were, uh, they, they were in this world, and we see that, that they had very different kind of lifestyles, that they took up two different types of, uh, of careers. You have Cain, who he became the farmer. Cain would go out, he'd till the ground. He would, he would plant the crops. He would go, and, and he'd tend to, the, tend to the fields in that way or tend to the farm. And, and he was, he was, that, this is his career that he chose, and his brother Abel, he goes out and he has the sheep or he has the animals. And, uh, and it says that he was, a, he was the one who would tend to the herds, tend to the flocks. This was this is the two different career paths that these two brothers chose. Well, one day, God said, I want you to bring me an offering. And so they brought an offering. And what you, wouldn't you know that, that Cain, he brings his offering, he being the one that is out in the farm. He brings his offering of vegetables or offering of, of fruit, whatever it was that he had that day. He brings that and he lays that upon the altar. And we have his brother Abel who brings his very, uh, his, one of his uh, choice uh, cattle or his choice sheep. Or, and he brings this and he lays that upon the altar and he gives up that sacrifice. The scripture tells us that there was only one of those sacrifices that God accepted. That God said... Uh, Cain, I see what you brought me, but I need a blood sacrifice. I need something that when it cries out to me, come on, there's, there's innocent blood that, that would come and it would cover your sins. And, and so he, he says, I'm not accepting your offering. He said, he gave him a chance. Well, you can go, you can bring me something else. You can bring me a, a sacrifice that I would accept. But Cain instead gets angry at God. God giving him a second chance. He says, Cain, you can, you can bring me something else. But, but Cain, he says, God, why wouldn't you accept mine, but you accept my brother's? 
And so we see the effect of sin come into place where all of a sudden now, Scripture tells us that Cain, the one whose offering was not accepted, he leaves his farm one day and he goes and he enters into the territory of his brother Abel. It says that he goes into the field or he goes into the, into the place where the herd were at and he enters into that territory of his brother and he picks up a stone or he picks up some type of a weapon and he, he smacks his brother on the head and his brother Abel crumples to the ground and it says that his blood begins to run out onto the ground. And God calls down to Cain and he says, Cain, what have you done? What have you done? I want you to know when God asks these questions, it's not because God doesn't know the answer. When God asks these questions like this, it's because he wants us to realize, what have I done? What what have I done in this moment? And Cain's response, am I my brother's keeper? You know, do I really need, you know, he's, he's trying to hide this fact of what he had done. But, but God, he says, I can hear the blood of your brother crying out from the ground. I can hear your brother's blood crying out from the ground to me. And I know exactly what you've done. And because of that, you're going to have a curse upon your life. Okay, this is the effect of sin. Now here, why am I talking about this on an Easter Sunday? It's because there was Somebody else, one who left his territory up in heaven. And he came down to live in our territory. And somebody picked up, come on, some weapons and they killed him. And his blood began to go down and flow down a cross. And when it flowed down the cross, it cried out to God. And God saw the blood, come on, that was there when God had left his territory up in heaven and come down to our territory. And he gave up his life for us. And his blood is now crying out. And it it will come. And it can be the covering for our very sins today. I don't believe it's accidental. That we see this Cain leaving his territory, going into his brother's territory and going and and slaying him. But I believe today that the blood is the remedy for the sin of mankind. It it has cured the disease of sin 2,000 years ago and it can still cure the disease of sin today. That today the blood still works. That the blood is still flowing today and it's still crying out. That very blood that flowed down the cross, it is still crying out to God today. And it is the cure for your sins. It's the remedy for your sins today. The Bible tells us in Romans, it says, what the law couldn't do, Jesus Christ came and he did it. The law, it couldn't do it, but Jesus gave his life so that we could have our sins remitted. Come on, so that we could have, come on, his blood, his perfect blood shed so that I could go and I could meet him in heaven one day. In fact, Isaiah, he looked at this, he looked through the prophetic lens that that God allowed him to see. And and he looked into the future and all he could see was this terrible picture. This terrible picture of what... What God was revealing to him. And it looked as though. In fact I'll just read it here in Isaiah chapter 53. It says he is despised. And rejected of men. He's a man of sorrows. He's acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we we esteemed him not. 
Surely he hath borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But, come on, this wasn't an accident. Well, he wasn't a murder victim. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Come on, in Isaiah, come on, he says, come on, that it was by his stripes that we are healed today. Come on, it's by his stripes that we are healed. Well, now, I don't know how many of you have ever done this before. Come on, this is something, maybe an old practice that that people don't do as often a day. But has anybody here ever said, I plead the blood of Jesus? Come on, I plead the blood. Come on, maybe you still do that today. Come on, I still do that today. Sometimes when I'm praying, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Oh, you get in trouble, I plead the blood. You start praying, I plead the blood. You get in danger, I plead the blood. What's happening when you plead the blood? What you're saying is, just as Cain was saying, uh, Cain was saying, I, I can't hear my brother's blood, but God said, I can hear your brother's blood coming out of the out of the ground. And when I say I plead the blood, it's saying, God, I want you to look back on the blood that was shed on Calvary. And you said that it's by that blood that I can be healed today. You said it's by that blood that I can resurrect today. You said it's by that blood, come on, that I have power today. I plead that blood. I look back on that. I want you to hear what that blood is crying out to you. Well, we can't hear the cries of the blood today. You can't hear it, but God, if we had God's ears today, you could hear that blood crying out. That blood is crying out your name right now. That blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary, it is crying out your name. Saying, would you come? Would you come? You can have healing today. I gave my life for you. Your sins can be forgiven today. Would you come? If you, if you would come to me, then, then, then I have the answer for every problem that you have. Well, if, if I, come on, this is what the blood is crying out. It's crying out from the ground. It's crying out from the cross. It's saying, come. Come on, would you come today? This is for you. I gave myself for you. I gave my life for you. The blood of Jesus was shed so that we could enter into the very rest and the very arms of Jesus Christ. Now here's, here's the thing. is that It's in Romans chapter 5. Apostle Paul begins to tell us about how by one man centered, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Now one man, sin entered into the world. We could look back at Adam and Eve, both of them eating from that fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And here in America today, we'd say, well, that doesn't seem very fair. Right? I didn't choose for Adam and Eve to be my representative to God. I didn't, I didn't vote on them. I didn't put them to be the ones who would say because of what they did, I'm a sinner today. We're not, well, this isn't about a democracy. God, is, God said that it was by one man who sinned that that sin is passed down from generation to generation to generation. 
And all of us today were born sinners. Every one of us today was born a sinner because one man, Adam, sinned. And we could line up all of human history, every family tree, every one of them was born a sinner. From the very beginning, from Adam and Eve to their children to their grandchildren to their, come on, everyone, everyone here today lines up behind Adam and we were born into sin. And there's a problem. We can't enter into heaven when we have that sin nature. When we have that sin nature on us. And so we have a question then, God, how can I get rid of my sin nature? How can I escape this disease that Adam introduced? And now I have it because I inherited it from him. This is a big problem. God, you set up a system. It's like you set me up to fail. Here I am. And I don't have a vote to say that Adam represented me. But I'm, I'm a sinner today, and I don't think that's fair. But hold on a second. Because if you don't like the fact that because one man sinned, you're a sinner now, then you might like this part of God's plan. That if one man sinned and let sin enter into the world... If one perfect man who had not sinned would give himself as a sacrifice for you, then we can have our remedy. And by one man, that means that I don't have to be perfect. That means that I can come to God in my broken state as a sinner. And by one man... My sins can be forgiven. I want to know who this man is. I want to know. Come on. If there was one man that introduced sin and in the same thing God has the corollary that would say that one man can take care of my sin, I want to know the man. And that's exactly what scripture tells us. That by one man sin entered into the world. And it's by one man that we can have our sins remitted. Come on now Jesus Christ. He gave his life for my sins. And because of one man. Come on. We can line people up today. And you're lined up behind Adam because you're a sinner. But if I would know that there's one other that I can get behind his line. I want to do everything I can to jump out of the line of Adam and say Get me in the line of Jesus Christ because he's the one. I want to be in that line. I want to know that he's, come on, he already paid the price for me. Come on, what an Easter message. Come on, that is by one man. Come on, because he gave his life and he resurrected from the dead. That I can go and by him doing that, I have an opportunity to have my sins forgiven today. You can walk into this place today a sinner. And all of us, come on, can walk into this place a sinner. But God says, come on, I gave my life for you. You can get out of that disease. I want to have a remedy for you today. You no longer have to live under the bondage of sin. But you can have your sins forgiven. Just get in line behind Jesus Christ. Oh, we see these two 
is to, in fact, Scripture, sometimes it refers to them, it refers to Jesus as being the second Adam. That Jesus was the second Adam. You have the first Adam that was Adam that introduced sin, but you have the second Adam that said, let me take care of that sin. You have Jesus who comes in. He is perfect. He does not sin. And so we can line up behind him and have our sins forgiven. You see, Adam was disobedient, but Jesus was obedient. Adam broke the law, but Jesus fulfilled the law. You have Adam who he brought offense, but Jesus, he brought grace. Adam, he brought bondage. Jesus brought freedom. Adam, he brought death. Jesus brought life. Adam, he brought condemnation. Jesus brought justification. Come on, the first Adam, he cursed us. The second Adam blessed us. The first Adam, he hurt us. The second Adam healed us. The first Adam, he gave us a disease. The second Adam gave us the remedy. The first Adam, come on, he put us out. The second Adam brought us in. He says, you have in a way and an entrance into heaven today. The first Adam, he put us down. The second Adam, he lifted us up. And he says, you can be lifted up in the high places. The first Adam, come on, he put us on a road to hell. But Jesus Christ, he said, let me show you the roadway to heaven. I'm thankful that me today, I can look to Jesus Christ and he brings me grace. He brings me, come on, a way out of this bondage of sin. Well, is anybody else glad about the opportunity today that we can be in Christ Jesus, that I can get in line behind him and I can say, Lord, take care of every bit of my sin problem today. I want you to know that Jesus Christ came to reverse the curse. He came to reverse that curse that was put on humanity when Adam brought sin into the world. The blood of Jesus Christ is the only remedy for your sin problem. It's the only remedy for my sin problem. It's the remedy that will reverse the effects of that disease that's plagued us from the day that we were born. When you were born a sinner. There there was nothing. it, It didn't matter. It didn't matter if you've only sinned one time. You were still born a sinner. You were born a sinner. Jesus Christ, he was not born a sinner because his father was not an earthly father. But he did have an earthly mother. He came and he was humanity. But his father was of the Holy Spirit. You were born a sinner. And we, Jesus Christ, gave his life to reverse the deteriorating effects of that sin in our humanity. That's why Jesus, he can deliver you from any drug addiction. It's because he supplied the remedy for it. Jesus, he can restore your marriage. Come on, he already, he already fixed the curse that would break marriages apart. Jesus, come on, he can heal your body because his blood was shed for you. And that blood is crying out and it says by his stripes we're healed. That's why he can do it. Because he, he lived a perfect life and he gave himself for us. I'm going to try to head for a close here today. When Abel, when, when Abel died, Cain, he buried his younger brother's body in the ground. And what happened when he did that was a transaction in the spirit realm. His innocent blood, the innocent blood of, of Abel, was this defense attorney. Became this defense attorney in that moment. And it started pleading its case up to heaven. 
You have God who, who sees who sees his creation, who sees Abel lying there and, and he's dead and his blood starts crying out to God and God, he hears the cries of this blood that had been shed and it becomes this defense attorney saying, do something about this, do something. That's exactly what you're doing when you start pleading the blood of Jesus. Well, that doesn't mean that you're begging for the blood to work. No, that's when I plead the blood, it's a legal phrase that you're using. It's, it's in the sense of a, of a legal attorney who's walking into a courtroom and you're, come on, it's a legal pleading in his briefcase. He has a legal pleading there and just about the time that the prosecutor thinks that he has you pinned to the table and that you're headed for an eternal judgment seat, all of a sudden you said, I plead the blood and that defense attorney opens up his briefcase and he says, oh, you think that you have me nailed down? Let me show you this document of blood that has already purchased, come on, his life, that has already, come on, come and, and plead in the case right now that this has been paid for already, the Debt has already been paid. You think that he owes it, but somebody else paid the debt. I plead the blood today. I want that defense attorney, come on, that blood that was shed for me 2,000 years ago to start pleading my case up in heaven's courts and to say, devil, you think that you have me pinned and you think that I can't make it. You think that I made too many mistakes. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ who was shed. Come on, his blood was shed for me. And I plead that blood and it begins to make a case to say, look, he's the one who paid the price. Jesus paid the price. <laughs> That's why when you get into trouble, you need to plead the blood. Come on, it's not begging. It's taking authority over the enemy. Come on, that's what pleading the blood is. I take authority over this. Come on, I take authority over this situation. God, I plead the blood of Jesus. God, I need you right now. God, I need you in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On, you can remain standing. So we have Abel. Abel, his blood is crying out from the, gro- from the ground, and God says, I can hear your blood speaking. That's, that's all right. You can, you can stand with me. On, Abel, his blood was crying out to God. You see, the devil, he's big and he's bad and he's bold, but he's also pretty dumb at times tells us in 1 Corinthians 2 8 it says none of the princes of this world knew in other words the devil had no clue what he had done when he nailed Jesus to that cross he thought that he had won and in fact he had paid the very price that was needed for you and I to be able to overcome him so if you need that remedy today You're standing here today, and you say, God, I've done some pretty bad things in my life. God, I'm standing here right now, and, and I've, I've tried to, to do my best, but, but there's some things that I, I just haven't taken care of. Just listen for a moment. There's somebody here today, you need to act on what you're feeling right now. Jesus died on a cross for your sins. His blood on Calvary, it has already been shed for your sins. But here's the thing about remedies. Here's the thing about these cures. 
They have to be injected into your body for them to work. So that remedy of Christ's blood, it's sitting there and it's ready to be applied into your life. But just because Jesus died doesn't mean that I've had it injected into my life. That remedy, this very thing that can take care of my sin problem, Jesus already died. He's already placed it there, has the remedy ready. But now, how can I get that into my life? How can I make what He did personal for me? The remedy needs to be applied right now. Your remedy is here right now. It's waiting for you. And I know you may have come today and, and you're saying, well, I just, I just want to come and, and watch, you know, just, just sit in the presence of God and let God move. But God is calling you right now. He's saying, what are you waiting for? When you were born into sin and I have a remedy for you today. Right now in this very moment, come on, I'm presenting you with an opportunity to inject this remedy into your sinful bloodstream in order to cure you from that disease which will send you into an eternal separation from God. If we don't get this sin problem taken care of, there will be an eternal separation from God. Church, heaven is real and hell is real. Here's how you inject that remedy into your life today. When Jesus was asked what one must do to inherit eternal life, he said, you must be born of water into the Spirit. Mark 16, 16, Jesus said, he that believeth, okay, and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. If you have not been baptized, he says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you want to have that remedy, come on, come into your life. If you want to have your sins taken care of, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. We have waters of baptism today. We have everything ready. You can have this taken care of today. You don't have to walk out of here without having this remedy of sin injected into your life. Just one more scripture. When Peter was asked by the crowd, what they must do to be saved from their sins. He told them, repent. Well, maybe today you say, well, I've been baptized. Come on, but you, you, you still want to have done some things. God says, come on, come on. Let's repent. Let's find a place of repentance. Let's turn away from those sins. Repent. Every one of us needs to come and repent. Come on, every one of us needs to find a place of repentance if we have sin in our life. Repent. Be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. In other words, he says, it's that baptism in the name of Jesus Christ that is that remedy for your sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Perhaps you've been told before that all you need to do is accept Jesus into your heart. Believe on him as your Lord and your Savior. But I just want to tell you very plainly today. The scripture is clear in its direction on how to inject this remedy for our sin problem. We do it by baptism in Jesus' name. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah, Jesus. I believe that God is speaking to somebody here today while I'm trying to move you into a place of action. 
move you and say, well, I, I don't want to sign up for some time down the road because I don't know what this week holds. I don't know, come on, what's coming down the way. Come on, but I can get this taken care of today. You can get this taken care of today. Well, there's somebody right now who God's just calling you to a place of repentance. Come on, could you find, come on, could you find a place of repentance right now? Could you find a place where God would say, or where you would say to God, Lord, I'm ready to make some changes in my life. Come on, and then you would be obedient. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Have this sin, sin remedy. Come on, apply it to your life. Come on, we're going to have our worship team's going to come. We're going to find a place of prayer all around this place. In fact, uh, this altar area. Come on, if you want to come and find a place to pray right now. Amen. You can come if you want to have this sin remedy in your life. If you want to have this remedy for your sin in your life, amen, you can come find me today. I'm going to be right up here at this altar area. We can baptize you today. You can have this problem taken care of. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Would you just lift up your hands all around this place and let's pray. Come on, as we begin to sing this song right now, come on, let God begin to speak to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. 